Full Circle Podcast with Julie, Glenn and Phil. Exploring and expanding the consciousness. Learning from each other. We discuss and explore our journeys of spiritual development. You are now tuned in to the Full Circle Frequency. Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. Um, welcome, welcome, Julie. Hello. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? Buzzing as ever. Good. Have you had a good, <laughs> have you had a good week? They seem to be going faster these weeks now. They do, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And it's becoming lighter, which is so nice at the minute because the, the, the days are drawing out now as well and we're coming into starting to come into spring so the daffodils are coming up and yeah the snowdrops are out in force aren't they at the minute so it's lovely really is waking up at the minute glenn good evening good evening phil how are you i'm very well thank you and um if i can just remark on the before the show conversation we was having um i was just mentioning this week whilst having my walks um, I always have a conversation with my spirit guides and everything. And this week in particular, they were saying, hold that space for love. Hold that space for love in your heart. And so I've had that every single day. And and it's a marvellous experience. Um, you know, so I've kind of been walking on cloud nine, so to speak, all week. It's gone very fast, like you and Julie have said. Mm. And it's nice that it's getting a lot warmer now because I can... Um, hang my coats up and wear my rock t-shirts so i'm a happy camper <laughs> yeah yeah Brilliant. not had a coat on today it's been lovely <laughs> same here how so, are you phil very well i've had a brilliant week i've had a really good week um a good week at work which has gone really well this week so the weather's been nice it's been nice to actually to actually get some washing on the washing line yeah. <laughs> as well so yeah i love spring it's my probably my favorite time of year really so yeah Anyway, on with the show, on with the show, and we are going to be talking about Nardi, Mukti, Asana, Chaturanga, Drishti, Hatha, Mudra, Prana, Pranayama, Savasana, Shanti, Vinyasa, Yoga Nidra, Jala, Sutras. People might not know what I'm talking about. It might sound it might sound the foreign language foreign to some people. You yeah. forgot Bananarama. Um, Bananarama. Yeah. I forgot about that one, Glenn. Oh. Joke for you, Glenn. Okay. <laughs> what do you call a group of yoga instructors? I don't know. What do you call a group of yoga instructors? <laughs> well, actually, I don't know, Glenn. So it's lucky that we have our resident yogi with us tonight, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Very fortunate. Julie, what do you recall a group of yoga instructors? <laughs> well, you've almost said it there, Phil. So yogi or yogis. Oh, okay. plural there. Uh, flexible friends. Not a, not a movement of yoga, a movement of yoga, yogi. Movement of yogis. That's what you do after the session. <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> so, 
movement in different ways, <laughs> shall we say. When you become lighter. <laughs> So we, are, some prana. <laughs> <laughs> so we are drawing upon your expertise tonight, Julie. And okay. we are very, very lucky that you are that you have kindly offered to talk us through ten minutes of Sita Yoga as well. Yeah. So the audience can take part in that at their own leisure as well and be a part of that. Definitely. So let's kick off then. Okay. Let's talk mm. about yoga, Julie. Can you tell us a little bit about yoga? Well, do you want to know where it originated from and yes, that kind of yeah, thing? Yes, yeah, that would be oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, well, it originated from India and it's at least 5,000 years ago. It's probably many more years, but they tend to go from the Western world perspective, so about 5,000 years. It's part of the Hindu-type um, religion or faith, if you want to call it that. A lot of Buddhists use um, the techniques as well and it's become universal in the Western world, so very, very interesting. Um, it consists of breathing exercises, working with prana, prana, the life force, or pranayama, which is breathing exercises. And it's about cleansing your mind and your body through doing posture work and being mindful as well, uh, mindful of your thoughts, your actions, everything really. Yeah. And all links in with karma as well, mukti. Are there many different types of yoga? Is there a lot of different types? What, what type of yoga do you practice, Julie, and do you teach? Okay, mine's a mixture of styles, but there's Hatha or Hatha yoga, as you can pronounce it, which is a quite a classical foundation. If you've never done yoga before, you could start off with that as a practice where you hold postures for a period of time. You can also connect that to yin yoga, which you hold them for longer lengths of time. And then you have other types of yoga, vinyasana float yoga, ashtanga, um, bikram, which is hot yoga, ayinga, using straps and props there. But mine's a combination of hatha, um, vinyasana flow, and I would say ashtanga postures in the session. Okay. And you actually teach people online as well, obviously, because we can't have groups at the minute can mm. we so i know that you're teaching a lot of people online <coughs> yes that's correct i'm doing zoom sessions i'm doing about four classes a week at the moment so that's another type of yoga so really well done julie for inventing zoom yoga <laughs> <laughs> we'll yes. add that to the list <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yes and it's a very unusual unpredictable so yeah it's quite enjoyable now i've got used to doing it online mm. yeah. Does it feel a little bit strange, obviously, being in the room on your own? Um, yeah, because you're talking to yourself and you're, you're, you're getting on with the poses because I tend to join in with the poses rather than stand there and instruct. I like to get the feeling that the uh, yogis are experiencing at the same time. So occasionally I look over to the screen, I see little windows yeah. and boxes there, a bit like the Muppet Show. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I've got to say, though, how does it work with the health and safety? Because obviously everybody on your class is in the comfort of their own home and, and you're like having to watch over them. That's correct. So I make sure that what I'm teaching online is nothing too fancy okay. uh, unless I know they're experienced yogis. So I keep it very basic and I always insist on the videos being on unless they really don't want to. And then I say, well, you must take care 
for your own, you know, posture work and yeah. make sure that your your um, surroundings, like the light fittings, are nowhere near you and furniture. <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised. Pets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and pets. There's <laughs> lots of cats and dogs that tend to join in. So I always say at the beginning, make sure you listen to your body. You know, make sure you're comfortable with what you're doing. If you're not comfortable, you can stop at any time. Um, and I do insist on looking on every video screen there to make sure. I should imagine as well that the energy within the the session attracts um, animals yes. to them as well. <laughs> Absolutely. They try to join in as well. As, <laughs> the best ones are the cats that walk right in front of the cameras <laughs> several times, <laughs> uh, blocking any view, <laughs> and then decide to sit there and stare into the camera. We've had that <laughs> a few times. <laughs> as long as you don't see the sheriff's badge. That, that, <laughs> nobody wants to see that, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've not seen that. <laughs> or you've got the pets that actually join in and lie by the side of, of the, the person practicing the yoga and, and try and climb on you as well. So it's brought some joy and some entertainment into the sessions. Yeah. yeah Where be. does that word come from? That word, the word yoga. Yoga. Where does that come from? Do you mean what, what does it mean, the well, word? Yeah, where does it yeah. originate? What does it mean? Yeah. Well, it means unite or to yoke. So you're bringing together a masculine and female energy. So it's balancing your mind and body because we need to have a balance of masculine and feminine. You know, everybody yeah. needs that. And if there's a dominant side of, of one or the other, then you're out of balance. So yoga is a great tool to bring everything back into balance. So do you know so when, you're, when you're <laughs> practicing yoga then, do you, are you, and you're using masculine and feminine energies, do you also use then source energy and um, earth energy? Yes, yeah. There are postures that you can use for grounding, such as the standing poses, the warrior poses, the triangle, which is Trikonasana in Sanskrit, which is also fun trying to pronounce those <laughs> terms as well. Uh, and then you can have the higher energies where you're on your head and the headstand, which is working with the crown centre. Wow. So I, I do uh, sometimes do kundalini yoga retreats um, when I'm able and I go through the postures to specifically work from the base of the spine upwards through the chakras. That was my next train of thought, actually, about yeah. how um, how we how we bring in kundalini energy into yoga as well. Yeah, so that's basically what you would do. You would do some breathing a few minutes at the start of the class because most uh, yoga classes last about an hour and a half where in the gyms and places like that it's down to an hour now so it's everything's a little bit rushed so you can take more time when you're doing a kundalini yoga class and you can specifically hold those postures that will help it doesn't always work with the kundalini energy at the end of the day the energy will rise when that person is ready basically you know you can't technically force it you know you may have to practice it for many years before you have an awakening or you may not need to do yoga at all and have a continuity awakening hmm. what would you say i always think with when you talk about reiki you've got the five principles of reiki haven't you yeah what would you say would the principles of yoga be do you have principles of in yoga um not the elements per se, it's it's more of the uh, nadis. Right. Where you have the shakti energy, which is through the base of the spine in the centre, and also the 
Indi and Pingali energy, the male and the female energy that intertwine with the Kundalini energy through the spine, if you can visualise that there, to the Shakti until it reaches the crown centre. And then you become more enlightened. I think we, we can always learn ongoing, but at least once you have those higher chakras open, which you use with Reiki and mediumship and, yeah. you know, other channels. I find the, the how you are doing your yoga sessions over Zoom. It's quite fascinating. And you were talking uh, a while back about how you teach yoga to people that are partially sighted. That's correct, yeah. How do you do that? How is that possible if somebody can't see you? Well, I've, I've got some people that are completely blind on, on the actual session, so I'm very careful not to mention sight particularly because it could yeah. be quite a <laughs> poignant reminder Emotional. yeah, yeah. so i tend to just say can you hear my voice and and then i'll go through the posture with them and then i'll say is everybody okay with that and then i get the feedback live on that session uh, it worked like a dream to be honest from the first one so i'm very clear with instructions so it's quite regimented but it's meant to be regimented so that you whether you have got the site you're able to follow it with your eyes closed if you wanted to, so mm. you could go into your own trance, you know, or consciousness at that time. Yeah. How many people do you do you tend to get on, when you're on Zoom, how many people do you tend to get on average in, a, in, a, in one class, would you say? It's not as big as when I was doing the classes in the gyms, which were between 40 and 80 people in a class when we were allowed oh, okay. to do that. I used to have to wear a headset to make sure they could hear me. It's... On average, 10, 20. It's not a masses of numbers, but they are regular and they're doing a few classes a week That's with me. actually still quite a nice group though, isn't it? That's quite a nice number of people to have. Yeah. Really, yeah. for a group. And the energy, as Glenn was saying, is different because you're the only person in the room, but the animals like it, you know, and, and they bounce off your energy yeah, then as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. You know. If somebody wanted to join one of your Zoom um, classes, Julie, how would they go about doing that? They just need to send me an email, um, or I could have their email address. So my email yeah. is julieheavenlyvoices at hotmail.co.uk. Lovely. So, uh, Good plug. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought, how are they going to send it to me if they yes. don't know? Yeah, so yeah. if people That's are what I was hoping. I wanted you to um, just give yeah. us your email address then so we can get people, anybody that is interested in Feet on starting mats. with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or on... Chairs, even you know, yeah. Yeah. on seats. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to doing that later. Yeah, some so seated yoga. What sort of there. what positions are you going to take us through? What poses are you going to take us through later? Well, we're going to do some neck stretches, shoulder stretches, arm stretches, leg stretches, um, backward bend, forward bend, side stretch, and twist. Right. Okay. <laughs> like we did last summer. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. it Let's like twist again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to go to a yoga class. Um, it's a few years ago now that I used to go. Um, <clears throat> and actually, I quite enjoyed it. It's something that I'm thinking about doing again. Yeah. Um, and now that I have a yoga teacher in arm's length, I think that's <laughs> going to be easier. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be easier now. So... But yeah, the poses were really quite interesting. So we did things like the the tree, the warrior, yeah, um, downward dog, 
Yeah, yeah. downward dog. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the I can't think what some of them are called to be honest. Child, no? child's pose. It's child's back pose. onto yes. heels. Yeah, hands in contact with the feet, so the energy's kept within your body. Yeah, is that the one yeah. where you're on your knees as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah, with your head on the floor. That's right. Yeah, that is so relaxing. It is really relaxing that pose. There's another one called Pose of the Swan, where the arms are outstretched in front of you with your head still down and you sat back onto your heels. Yeah. So that's quite good for when you've done a backward bend as a counter posture. Do and you, do you find that that sort of pose would um, make the blood rush to the face and to the head? Would it induce that sort of pressure? Yes. When the head is inverted below the heart, um, you're going against gravity, basically, aren't you? So you're yeah. flushing the face's scalp with a fresh supply of blood. So it's not fresh blood, but the blood gets oxygenated yeah. as it's moved around the body, if that makes sense. And then when you get back to the right way up, so to speak, it leaves a glow. As that, people do yoga, it's like the glow of yoga. That makes a lot of sense yeah. because I, when I was doing yoga, I thought I was just unfit. Right. <laughs> I'm in the red face. <laughs> no. Now I know I'm not. <laughs> no, it's good for you. Yeah, Absolutely. Another pose is the, the corpse pose. Yeah, Shavasana. So that's the relaxation pose known as corpse pose, interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. And that's a lovely pose, actually, for when you've finished the, when you've finished the um, yoga session. Yeah. Is that usually the last pose? And then could you do a meditation in that pose? Yeah, you could do the meditation in uh, Shavasana or you could do it in a seated Position the half lotus, the full lotus, or just your legs crossed, whichever is more comfortable. Mm. Um, most people tend to meditate upright so that you don't fall asleep. That's the main reason that you do that. But if you can lie down and remain still conscious, uh, as in doing a yoga nidra, which is yogic sleep, then you could do that as well. Mm. So with the, um, I, I won't even attempt to pronounce what you just said there, but with doing that sort of um, pose where you're in between sort of the awaking consciousness and the sleep consciousness, yeah, would that be uh, similar to meditation? It would, yes. It would probably be a lighter meditation. It depends okay. on how long the session is. If you were there for an hour and a half or even a two-hour class, you would do half an hour in that position. So you could quite possibly go into a, a quite a deep meditation there. Um, most classes at an hour and a half, it's probably 20 minutes. I suppose it depends on how quickly you can go into yeah. that state without falling asleep. And would, would there be another pose to come out of that, to liven the clients up after that particular pose? Yeah, so when you're bringing yourself back round, you move your fingers and your toes and you just have a little stretch there. You bring your breathing back to your own comfortable breathing pattern rather than um, doing yeah. an exercise with your breath where you could be breathing into the count of four and breathing out to the same count or whether yeah. you're using breath retention where you, you breathe in but then you hold your breath and then you breathe out after a period of time. So those are pranayama exercises working with prana your mm. life force is that for the diaphragm would i be right in saying that that's correct yeah you okay. breathe from the diaphragm in yoga you should be doing that also when you sing as well so yep. you've got uh, three lobes and the yogic breath which is the lower lobe the diaphragm you've got your lower chest 
which is the middle lobe and you've got your upper chest your top lobe so it's good to get the breath going there and you can use that in your meditation and then what I also do when I'm bringing them round is ask them to roll over onto the right side and draw the knees onto the chest and curl up into a ball because that brings your heart rate back to its natural state. Is that like mm. the, um, the position you was in when you was in the womb, that sort of? Yeah, sort of. You call it the fetal position, is that? Yes, yeah. Yeah, where you're curled up into a ball. Yeah, that's it. That's right. Mm. And then you would then come up slowly into sitting. Otherwise, you would go a little bit dizzy because you've slowed your heart rate down and your blood pressure drops. So it's always a good idea to take care when you come yeah, back up. Yeah. Are you able to talk us through, Julie, <coughs> some of the different poses that we have that we could yeah. not, not to do now? But are you able to talk us through some of the poses and tell us how they how they help how they support you what what that what the meaning of that pose is yeah so you you've got your forward forward bend which can be a seated forward bend or a standing forward bend which is a full body uh, posture that you can use to work your hamstrings so you straighten your legs when you're more flexible or if your hamstrings are tight you keep your knees bent and this is from a standing or seated position um, if you're in the standing pose, you're then taking your head below the heart. So you get that flushed sensation to the face while your face goes mm. red. Um, and then you relax all of your body there and your hands just hang sort of like a rag doll, quite loose. Or from a seated position, you lift from the hips as you inhale and then exhale, flow yourself forward, hands resting onto the legs or reach for your toes. So that's quite a popular one to do and quite good for beginners. Yeah. So you've got your forward bends there. You've got a backward bend, which is a cobra or a sphinx, which works your kidneys and flushes toxins out of your body. So that's where you're compressing your spine. So you're actually, this is on the floor. Or you could use a camel pose where you kneel up, where you're pushing your hips forward, curving the spine. And we've all seen the sphinx, haven't we? Yeah. The Egyptian sphinx. So yeah. literally in that position. And I'm really not right in saying that that bend of the spine starts at the hips. Yes, that's kind right, of, the base yeah, of the spine. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then looking up at the ceiling. Do you look at the ceiling with that one? Is that where the, the gaze is? You can. Um, you're better in the cobra or upward dog to look up to the ceiling to stretch the neck because it's a, a sharper angle with the spine. So the sphinx, you would tend to just look out in front. Um, but the more advanced poses, you could look up, depending on if your neck's okay. And then you've got side stretches, so you could use the triangle pose from a standing position where you take um, your arms out to the side and you go into almost like a triangle position. Um, it's, it's hard to explain rather than, you know, if somebody can see you particularly, but that is another good pose that you can use for a side stretch. And the spinal twist, which is another one. Where it's a seated pose, you cross your leg over the other leg and you twist around to the side and that works all of your back. The spinal twists are the only poses that work the base from the, the spine to the top of the spine. So that's a few poses there. Then you've got your balance poses. You've got tree pose that you mentioned earlier. Yes, yeah. You've got a dancer pose. You've got a seated boat pose or an aeroplane, an offspray, an eagle. <laughs> they're all good for your mind. So you're asking what they're for. There's, there's so much information, to be fair, with the poses. There, there was one pose... <clears throat> I think it's a basic one 
um, that I employed when I um, I had sciatica. Yeah. Um, and I found that yoga got rid of that for me, you know, with um, doing these poses every day. Uh, but one was a simple pose. They call it like cat stretches. Where yeah. You, you run all fours and you let the back go really high and then bring, using your stomach muscles, you bring that spine in again and you keep doing that. And then I think I did the pose where, I forget the term for it now, where you you sit on your on your feet the pigeon pose. And then you stretch forward with your arms stretched right in front of you as well. Yep. So you've got one knee bent, one leg straight behind you. Um, I think you're talking about pigeon pose there. And, uh, yeah, what I, I did is I hardly moved at all, but I was just moving in between both of those positions, doing yeah. it on a daily basis. And I found it released this trapped nerve that gave me sciatica. Yeah. And um, within no time, you know, that those sensations had gone down to doing yoga. So I find it found it really, really helpful. Yeah, they're the best ones to use as well because you're keeping the, <coughs> the base of the spine, the coccyx there, nice and clear, which yeah. will help to relieve the sciatica. Yeah, I also suffered with sciatica um, a few years ago due to too much driving. So I was sitting down too long. And yeah. I was able to use similar poses there to fully recover. I think from that with, as well. with myself, it was uh, induced by drumming because I'm a drummer, and also I used to do a lot of mountain biking, right? Ooh, and sitting yeah. in in a production music production chair as well. So the combination of those three things brought my sciatica on, and I think it was because it does affect you mentally as well. I found. And I was going through a lot mentally during that period of time as well. So I think that had some sort of bearing on it as well. Yeah, yeah, it would do. So the yoga can help your mind as well. Mm, definitely. It, it's just fantastic. Yeah, a great yeah. tool, you know, whether you're flexible or not, it's still good to do a little bit, you know, to keep your mind and body healthy. Mm-hmm. Julie, so I have sometimes problems with muscles in my neck yeah. and shoulders. What would you suggest that you could do, that I could do? What, what what could you take me through for for that sort of thing? Yeah, well, you could do some basic neck stretches, literally taking the head to one side, to your right side, yeah. and holding it there for a few seconds and breathing naturally in and out through the nose. The yogi's um, yogic-type breath is, notice we, we talked before when we did the meditation breathe through the nose and out through the mouth when you did the meditation but with yes, the yoga yeah. we tend to breathe in through the nose and out through the nose and then you could then bring the head back to the center and to the left side so you could gently go through those I don't know about you but actually breathing in through the nose and out through the nose feels more <coughs> natural anyway <coughs> to me that feels more natural to yeah. do that with the breathing in and out through the nose, the idea there is when you breathe in, the, the airs on the nose are, are filtering out what you don't actually need, but then you're also, when you breathe out through the nose, it's keeping in your body what you need as well. Whereas if you breathe in through the nose and through the mouth, there's a lot more that comes out, so you lose a lot of that energy, that prana mm. that you're taking in. You could also then do some shoulder stretches. We're going to do these in a short while anyway, yes. Phil, so yeah, hopefully yeah. you'll be able to... Pick I will, up uh, there. yeah, definitely. If somebody wanted to start to train, if somebody's been doing yoga for quite a, for quite a while and they think actually I'd like to start and train to do 
to teach yoga. Okay. Are there stages, are there steps in training in yoga? Yeah, there are many yoga courses out there. Obviously, a lot of them are online at the moment or, you know, you're internet-based sending essays in. But you would, depending on what type of course you go for, an affiliated course um, is probably wiser because these days it's better to have qualifications that, you know, are recognised by a bigger governing bodies so the um, company I trained with they are affiliated um, the first stage is the philosophy of yoga so learning about where yoga came from the purposes of yoga you know the practices of yoga for your mind and your body and writing you know a lot of philosophy so it's quite in-depth and a lot of research you know taken from different books I think I must have had at least 20 books when I was a uh, studying to cross-check and reference because there's always slightly different variations available in different books there and the Sanskrit to um, bring it back to English can be quite interesting as well <laughs> to understand that. And then you have part two. This is just from the course that I took was a um, lesson planning and making sure you write down your lesson plan you know your postures, you know the benefits of the postures, you know the contraindications of the postures. Um, and then part three, anatomy and physiology, you know, know your bones and your muscles and knowing when to not teach something to somebody if they have a health condition. Yeah. So if they've got a heart complaint, you'd have to be very careful with them doing an inversion because that's putting a strain onto the heart. That and actually, would you say that leaves you, if somebody does do that and they're just taking people through any postures, any poses, mm. does that leave that person wide open then as well for comebacks like insurance comebacks and things like that? Because uh, I'm presuming that you have to have, like any other holistic therapy, yeah. you have to have appropriate insurance, don't you? We do, and it's been tricky now because it is covering us online, which we never had before. So we are covered within reason that as long as we're not doing anything too fancy online, though, which is why I keep it very, very basic. But, yeah, sometimes when you ask people in the class, has anybody got any health issues um, that they need to talk to me about? And most people won't really say, and they'll only tell you at the end. So sometimes they've done something and they shouldn't have done that. So I then say, well, you've done that now, but please don't do it again. And once it's flagged up that person, I can then keep my eye on them and give them an alternative mm. posture to do. Mm. Um, you know, someone had had, um, I think, heart surgery three months earlier and decided to do a shoulder stand, really. Um, we, we don't hold them particularly that long in a class, but obviously at the end, when he came to me at the end and said he'd really enjoyed the class and then proceeded to tell me, <laughs> it was, right, OK, you, you shouldn't be doing that at the moment. You need to be doing the bridge or just raising your arms and legs in the air while lying flat. Yeah. So, uh, and it was fine after that. How long did it take for you to, from, how long did it take you to go through that journey of training to be a yoga instructor? Okay, I trained for six years on the course, but it was over a 10-year period. Right. Um, I took a break uh, on part two, halfway through the second half, of the course due to personal um, issues at the time with my business. Um, and then I went back and finished the course. 
So usually now it's about five years. They've yeah. brought the, the course, they've condensed it a little bit now. But it was a good journey, I learned a lot. What started you on that? We've probably talked about this in the introductions, in, in the introduction episodes, haven't we? But let's recap. What started you on your yoga journey? When I was a teenager and I was getting into different things to do with energy and healing and my mum was doing mediumship, my mum was going to a yoga class at the local village hall, I think it was, and she'd say, oh, come along, you know, it'll be really good for you. And I wasn't sure, but I went along and I thought, actually, it's quite good this is. So I kept it going for a short while. Then my mum decided for whatever reason, timing and all that, that not to do it anymore. And I carried on for a short while and then I set my own business up at 17 and I was just really busy and I just sort of left it alone. And then I revisited the yoga, I think in my early 20s, and I've never stopped since then, so I mm. went back to it really. And uh, I I think it, when I was a teenager, I was doing it for the posture work, the stretches. Yeah. Whereas I think when I went back in my 20s, it was more for my mental health and making sure I'd got the mental and physical energy to be able to run my business and to hopefully succeed in my life, my life plan, really. I've got to ask you there, Julie, with uh, yoga, is the, um, do you have to make amendments to your diet, your dietary requirements? You know, because you're mm -hmm. utilising different parts of the body, you're changing the way that you breathe during yoga, and also the blood flow is behaving differently whilst you're doing yoga. Are there certain foods that would actually um, encourage these things to be um, more in alignment, you know, certain foods mm. that help with yoga? Definitely. I mean, um, I've always had quite a healthy diet. I've never really eaten much meat, but meat really was, you were always, always encouraged to eat less meat, or to eat yeah. white meat and fish rather than red meats. Okay. Um, so the sattvic diet um, is a, as a, a diet where you're very light in body, so that consists of lots of fruits and vegetables yeah. and and really no meat at all. But, the, you know, if you ate meat, you weren't sort of ridiculed for it, but they did encourage you to eliminate most meat from your diet and milk as well and okay. yeah and dairy i mean i am a vegetarian i've cut a lot of things out of my diet but it's sometimes you just struggle to get you know the nutrition that mm -hmm. you need so i do take supplements as well yeah so yeah. what would you say to people that particularly enjoy sweet food or junk food and they love doing yoga as well is there a way yeah. that they can wean themselves off of those foods or maybe continue to have the foods but in moderation, how would you uh, respond would you... to that? Yeah. Well, I think um, I've had quite a few people that have gone off various foods when they've started to do the yoga, when you're doing it on a regular basis. I think your body naturally changes Yeah. and foods that you once would have, you no longer need anymore and you naturally go off them. Yeah. Um, I had somebody went off wine actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> lady used to enjoy quite uh, quite a tipple of the wine. Yeah, and she just said, "I can't have it anymore." She said, "I just sit there now and have a herbal tea." <laughs> so, oh, wow! And I said, "Is that a good thing?" She says, "I think it is." No, so uh, in many ways, you could have saved her. You yeah, know, that transition there. 
Yeah. So I think your taste buds do change because it does affect your senses, your sense of smell, your hearing, your taste. Um, I think also, though, when you start to balance mind, body and spirit, um, and obviously when you're doing that, then the vibration, your vibration changes, doesn't it? And we're expanding our vibration. Um, do you think that our body becomes less tolerant of things like alcohol? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really drink that much, but I can only really have one one glass of something. Um, it's just quite strong, really, and it quite a fast response to it. So I do think the more highly attuned your body becomes, then that's absolutely right. You can tolerate less, so that's probably a, a natural way of... Um, going off those foods or moderating those foods i think also when you are cleansing your body uh, if you do have something a bit of junk food your body doesn't thank you for it and you actually think "Mm, no maybe not you know i'll have less of that and i'll have more of that yeah and then because you feel lighter as you're raising your consciousness not just from the energy point of view but from what you're actually putting into your body you feel you do feel light that's the best way i can describe it yeah, good. Anyway, anyway, let's alter our posture and get comfortable and make some leg room because I think it's probably about that time that we uh, went through some poses, do you think? I think so, yeah. Okay. Okay, so if you can sit comfortably into your chair. And have your feet flat onto the floor. There are a gap between the knees. And if you can straighten your spine. And then just have your hands resting just above the knees there. And if you can breathe in and out through your nose for me. Inhaling just your own comfortable breathing pattern to start with. Be aware of the breath and where you think you're breathing from. And then breathing out. So you're letting go of any stale air. Any tension or toxins held in the mind and body, letting go. So you're bringing yourself into that state of consciousness to practice limber ups rather than yoga postures. Just a, a gentle introduction to seated yoga. And if you continue with the breathing in and out through the nose whilst you're doing these postures and limber ups. We're going to start with the neck area now, so keep your breathing going. Take your head round to the right side as far round as you're able there. So you just turn into the right side. Take it round there and hold that position, feeling the neck area, a slight tug or pulling sensation. And then turn your head back to the centre, so your head's into neutral. Turn your head round to the left side and hold it here.
and then bring your head gently back to the center and we're going to tuck the chin in towards the chest so this is a, a chin lock position or a banda and then bring your head back to the center and tilt your head up towards the ceiling careful with any neck issues And bring your head back to the center and to neutral we're going to tilt the head over towards the right shoulder now side tilt and bring your head back to the center and tilt over towards the left shoulder And bring your head back to the center, tuck your chin back in towards your chest. And we're going to roll the head round towards the right shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Make sure you keep your breathing going. Roll your head back to the center with the chin tucked in, and then roll it round towards the left shoulder, stopping when you've reached halfway. Roll your head back to the centre with the chin tucked in. And bring your head back to neutral. Tilt your head up towards the ceiling. Keep the head back. Roll your head round towards the right shoulder. Stopping when you've reached halfway. Keep your head back. Roll it back to the centre and roll it round towards the left shoulder. Stopping when you've reached halfway. Keep your head back. Roll it back to the centre and bring your head back to neutral position. Now we're going to move on to the shoulder stretches now. So we're going to move both the shoulders up and over and back. Or if you can't manage both shoulders, you can do them alternatively. So just nice and slowly up and over. So this is really good if you have a lot of tension in the neck and shoulder area. You've heard the expression, the weight on my shoulders. So this helps to take some of that weight, and disperse some of the energy. lovely and then just relax the shoulders back down and we're going to go the other way up and over and forward really feel way moving there don't worry if there's any sound effects it's quite normal <laughs> <coughs> lovely and then lower the shoulders back down so we're now going to do a twist. So if you can twist your upper body around to the right side and hold on to your chair or your sofa, depending where you're seated. And then look over your right shoulder. So you're keeping the upper body nice and tall there and the shoulders relaxed. And then twist back to the center and twist around to your left side.
and then twist back to the center lovely and we're going to go for the arms now so raise your right arm out in front at shoulder height there and just really stretch forward with that arm so you're lengthening the arm creating space in the body and lower that right arm back down inhale and raise the left arm out at shoulder height and stretch forward of the arm and lower that left arm back down we're going to inhale and raise both the arms in the air now we're going all the way up though as high as you can with those arms this time as if you're trying to reach for something so keep your hands where they are or if you can interlock your fingers together interlock the fingers and you're going to sway over to your right side gently over moving your upper body you should be able to feel that quite strongly nice side stretch and back to the center and then sway gently over to the left side and then back to the center take your arms out at shoulder height now and keep them where they are and we're going to make circles with the arms going back a few times and then up and over so the arms are just at shoulder height there just keep them there You're just making little circles that's it and then turn your palms uppermost making circles that's it and then up and over circles going forward and then lower the arms back down by your sides and just give your hands a bit of a shake out there they might feel a little bit tingly and then you can actually rotate your wrists as round now so in one direction either both or alternative in one direction there and then go the other way a few times and we're going to take the arms behind us now if you can interlock your fingers together that's great if you can't you can keep your hands apart and then lean yourself forward and turn your head in towards your knees so it's called chest expansion and it does what it suggests there it opens the rib cage then the lung capacity also good for the back and then gently straighten yourself back up place your hands back down onto your lap we're now going to do a backward bend so we've done a side stretch and a twist so far so the backward bend is working the kidneys so push your chest forward look up towards the ceiling and we're in our little cobra or sphinx version in the seated position there and then relax the chest bring your head slowly forward now we're going to slide the hands down the legs take yourself forward take your head down towards your knees if you can reach your feet that's great if not you can keep your hands on your legs and turn your head in towards your knees so you've got a nice position going on there we have got some microphones here so it's a little bit tricky but we'll 
can still do a little bit. <sighs> and then slowly bring yourself back up, bring your head up slowly so you don't go dizzy. And we're just going to finish off with the legs now. So you're going to straighten your right leg out in front of you there and raise the foot off the floor. And we're going to point the toes away on your right foot, away from your body. And then draw the heel in towards your body. So you should feel a nice stretch back of the leg there on the right side. And then lower that right foot and your leg back down. Breathe in and straighten your left leg and the foot of the floor. Point the toes away from the body. And draw the heel in. And lower the foot and the leg back down. We're going to raise both the legs now. So inhale. Breathe in. Straighten both your legs off the floor. Point the toes on both feet away from you this time. And draw the heels in. And lower your feet back on the floor. And then you can actually go for a walk or a jog in your seat there by just moving your feet. You can draw your knees a little bit higher up towards your body there as well, which engages your core a little bit. So there's quite a bit you can actually do from a seated position there. And then just relax your feet. And then you can actually go into some breathing at the end there if you wanted to, some pranayama. So they're just a few stretches you can work with. <coughs> Lovely. <coughs> really enjoyed that, Julie. Thank you. Fantastic. You're I welcome. feel like I've had a good workout. <laughs> um, a bit lightheaded, do you feel? A little bit, yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. I opened my eyes, to be honest, at one point right. after. Mm. I started with my eyes closed and I thought, I'm not really sure that I'm doing this right. So I opened my eyes. <laughs> And I noticed that Glenn was as bad as me. Yeah, I didn't want to hit any mic stands. I'm <laughs> conscious of all the gear. Yeah. But well, that it, was fantastic. And, and obviously in that situation, if someone's not quite got the right position, I will repeat it again and until, you know, they're and able to pick it not until you do stuff like that, Julie, that actually you realise how tight the muscles are in your legs if you're not using them. Yeah. So Definitely. that's really stretched those muscles out, didn't it? Yeah. There, so. so I usually do a little bit more and then I do a little bit of breathing at the end just to bring them into a bit of relaxation after they've done yeah. the stretches there. That sort of seated yoga would be ideal for people in care homes and things like that, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I, I used to go to a care home um, before um, last year and they used to look forward to it every week. They were really, really engaging with it and they felt so much more energised when they did it. You do feel lighter. I know I do. I, I'm still tingling all over from just doing that, you know. And yeah. the shoulders feel a lot more relaxed. Mm. And the neck does as well. So, yeah, I mean, as you know, I spend a lot of time seated. Um, so for anybody that does uh, office work or things of that nature, this would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, you could just do it. You know, even if it's five minutes, a couple of times a day, just do, you know, some neck stretches. The shoulder ones are really good. Just get the energy flowing again, you know. I'm definitely going to, this is something that I'm definitely going to take into my own <coughs> working week, really. Fabulous. Um, and it's things like that, really, that I feel the company that I work for as a whole would benefit from that sort of thing as well. So yeah, maybe it's something that I'm going to take to the to the company, actually. 
yes, it was and speak to them the about same. that. So, because the, our company, the company that I do work for, are quite um, interested. They're quite um, forthcoming with well-being mm. and things like that. So. It's well, really it, quite it just helps you there. to be uh, more productive, I guess. If you feel that you're a bit more energised, you've got that second wave of energy to carry on with your day. Mm. Or if you're hyped up and you need the opposite, the good thing with yoga is you can take what you need from it, yes. really. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's different. Well, isn't they a, a yeah. car manufacturer, not not to mention any names, but part mm. of their, their daily routine before they even start work is the entire factory uh, workforce would do some sort of yoga or stretches or something they do some they'd all yeah. get limbered up wouldn't they ready to work yes it's a good idea so i think you can you can apply it anywhere really and even if you can't do very much you can get something out of it by just doing a few stretches even if you don't do all of it it's worth giving it a go good so anyway I have a list of yoga terms <laughs> and I read them out earlier and I'm not going to put you on the spot, Julie, at all. But, <laughs> but Glenn, if you would cue the mastermind music. Julie, your chosen subject is yoga. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you, um, because I've got a list of yoga terms and I thought actually it'd be nice for people to know what they mean. So, yeah. and I know that you know all of these anyway, so I'm Hopefully. not, I'm not putting you on the spot. <laughs> so we have, uh, Nardi. Nardi, so energy channels. So right, they okay. connect to the chakras or, or tubes, if you want to call them that. Okay. Um, Mukti. Mukti means liberation, which is connected to, um, freedom. And freedom from karma, good and bad karma. So okay, working one's yeah. karma out. Do tell me if I pronounce these incorrect. Okay. okay. As well. So we have asana. Asana. So that's a posture to sit. Yeah. Uh, chaturanga. Chaturanga is a plank pose, which is in between downward dog and cobra or sphinx or upward dog. Ah, okay. Yeah. Drishti. Drishti. Uh, that's where you're gazing uh, at a candle. So you're focusing your mind on a visual and then closing your eyes and seeing that visual in your mind. Would that work in any other pose or would it have to be with a, a candle? No, you could still use a focus on anything really. Yeah. yeah. If you're in a pose, you've got something in front of you that you could focus. Okay. It would work. Hatha. Hatha. So the sun and moon, which is the male and female energy in yoga, and Hatha is the foundation of yoga. Which means unison, union, doesn't union, it? That's well? Unity, yeah. that's okay. correct. Yeah. Uh, mudra. Mudra hand uh, position that can be used in a bound posture or a banda. So you could use a mudra with your thumb and your first finger. So you could point them up for uplifting the consciousness. Yeah. And you can point them down towards the earth to ground you. I know... Different schools do different yeah. mudras. And we were talking about that earlier, uh, previously in a different episode, weren't we? I think we were Was it meditation? Meditation, because yeah. I'd got you to put your palms face down you because did. we were working mm. with earth energies there. Mm. Okay. Prana. 
And I think that's the, probably one of the most common words, isn't it? Prana, life force. So it's without prana, um, we wouldn't be here living and breathing. So, yeah, and pranayama is life force breathing or techniques, breathing techniques. Stop jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Showing off now. Isn't she? The psychic. <laughs> hold your horses, I can see please. The page. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really. Well, I'll miss that one out now. Um, sav- Savasana, Savasana, Shavasana. Shiv- oh, right. Okay. So Shavasana. I was totally wrong with that yeah. then. Okay. Shavasana. So that's, um, your relaxation position, corpse pose, where you're lying with your heels and your toes out to the side and your palms facing up to the ceiling or the yep. sky. Okay. Shanti. Shanti means peace. Um, Shanti, Shanti. And, uh, we, I would say, um, at the shack, we sing Om Shanti, don't we? We do. Om Shanti. Yeah. That one. That's the one. Uh, Vinyasa. Vinyasana. Vinyasana. Okay. So it's um, a type of yoga uh, with movement, working with the breath. Okay. Yoga Nidra. Means yoga sleep. So it's your uh, prior to meditation or relaxation guided or otherwise. Okay. Jala. Jala. So this is a, a, about energy again, um, but it's about the elements. So okay. It's like your wind, your, moon, um, your earth, your fire. So am I right in it's thinking that Jala is water? Yes. The element water, yeah, yes. which is one of the five elements, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, the last word that I have, Yeah, is no pressure. The sutras. Sutras, so the scriptures that you learn part of the philosophy of yoga to help you on your journey through yoga, and there's quite a few of them. There's 196. That's it. (laughs) I did have that written down. Wow, very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just didn't know that. So I'd got written down that there was there's 196 sutras or writings that um, that come together to me to talk about the path to enlightenment. That's yeah. correct. Okay, brilliant. Enlightenment or liberation even, yeah. Thank you, Julie, so much <laughs> for t- for this episode. It's been absolutely fascinating. You're welcome. Um, you are a fountain of knowledge. People are more than welcome, aren't they, to join your Zoom meetings? They are indeed. Zoom classes. Yeah. Um, thank you for listeners this evening. Um, namaste to everybody. Namaste. namaste.